0: Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queen's podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched Gravity, released in 2013 and directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Gravity is still in cinemas, so if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to come back to this episode later. The Plot of Gravity... A catastrophic event in space leaves newbie astronaut Ryan Stone and veteran Matt Kowalski stranded in space with only each other, a small amount of oxygen and a single jet pack to get them to safety. Uh, I don't think she's an astronaut. She's why, a doctor. I newbie. I, don't, I think she's like, she's a doctor who has had some space training and he's an astronaut.
1: Yes, that's correct. She's yeah. like a mission specialist kind of person. Ooh. kind of person who's on her first trip into space. Yeah, so well, I guess that's that's fine. It's not really.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the, just the the, when I was thinking about it, I was like, mm.
1: Yeah, um, she, yeah. She's the point is, she's new at this, and she's never yes. been in space before. Mm. And it's his
0: last mission ever, so you know, you know what that means. you know what that means exactly. Right? We
1: gave a spoiler warning, yeah. So yes, we did. We're good game. We're fair game now. Yes. Uh, we kept seeing the trailer for this every time we went to the movies for months and months and months, and I kept seeing it and thinking, uh, I'm not going to really want to see that. But this movie had such great word of mouth that I did end up going to see. Yeah,
0: it's the critical reception to this movie has been like astronomically good, mm. like overwhelmingly positive to the point where it was so hyped up that I, when I went to see it, I was like, this cannot possibly live up to the hype that I have seen for this movie.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um,
0: and it did and it didn't in some ways. Um, some of the fears that I had going into it were justified and some weren't. Uh, I thought it would be really claustrophobic, which it frequently is. Um, I thought it might get really boring, which it doesn't. And I thought that I would get really frustrated, which sometimes I did, but mostly with in feeling for the movie's protagonist rather than, like, feeling frustrated with the movie itself. There are only a couple of exceptions to that. Um, most of the time I was happy to go along with it, and I like that it's a really exciting ride because I was worried that it was going to be not that.
1: Uh, yeah, it's nothing if not uh, tension-inducing, yeah. I guess. I um. I don't know if I would call it exciting, but I was certainly scared the whole way through, and I was like, "Oh no, not again!" Every yeah, time something happened, it was
0: sort of a, um, a every time they sort of solve a problem, it leads to another problem or mm. that sort of thing. But I mean, it it was like it was an exciting movie, like it was a thriller, you know. The it, I, I was worried that nothing would happen, that it would be like watching 2001, oh, which I was, it ab- definitely isn't. I
1: had exactly the same concerns. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to go into 2001, A Space Odyssey. And I've never watched 2001, A Space Odyssey, because I have yeah, never I gotten, gotten past gotten the it. first 20 minutes where I just get bored and tired and I'm done with it. Uh, although I suspect um, that 2001 is a bit like this one and you probably should see it on the big screen if you're going to see it. But, I, again, I don't know. I've still never gotten it's through it. It's still
0: though. much slower than this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, this movie is, like, it's really sort of full-on, mm. fast-paced sort of thing. Um, and over very quickly,
1: too. Like, it's only about 90 minutes runtime. Yeah.
0: yeah. One of the things that I realised when I watched the trailer again recently mm. um, is that I, I remember being so, like, exhausted just from listening to, uh, to Sandra Bullock's breathing, like, her constant panting in this. Because um, every time – because you're sort of – you hear everything through a lot of space helmets. Yes. And there's that sort of heavy breathing thing. And there's so much heavy breathing in this that by the end of it, I was physically tired from listening to her going <sighs> through like half of the movie's runtime.
1: That's kind of – you just did this amazing panting sound effect that I want to, like, keep and use for sound editing purposes later on. It was really good. Um, yeah, I, I was exhausted too. I felt – and I, I'm, I'm in the very, very slim minority that didn't love this. I get that it was technically um, outstanding and amazing, but I found it an ordeal to watch. I think I meant to find it an ordeal to – I think that's what – you're meant to find it. you meant to – find it an ordeal, but I found it an ordeal. I needed someone's hand to hold through the whole thing, and by the end, and it's only ninety minutes long. I was like, oh, thank goodness, it's so short. Mm. Um, I didn't really feel like that. I did have to take a break in the middle to go to the bathroom. No, oh, lucky you. So I
0: must. Admit, I don't. I, I. It was the bit where she gets on to the uh, international space station, mm. and oh no, 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 it's not. It's the bit where she's leaving the international space station on the shuttle. On the shuttle, yep. and she has to go out and take the um the the parachute off the ship oh yeah that. i missed about a minute of that and mm-hmm. when i came back she was leaving the space sh- the international space station on the little shuttle so i was like i can't have missed that much no you
1: didn't that parachute bit is really just oh, it's it's actually quite a, it's one of those frustrations that happened throughout the movie where you just when you think it's okay and she's going to make it Something else goes wrong and her time is running out and they, yeah, it's just that. We have a little bit of messing about to try and get this parachute off and then she we think she's gonna lose her space drill thing that she uses. She needs to un to unattach the bolts to get it mm-hmm. off the sphere, yeah. So we're we just there's yeah, it's just a bit of that. It's another one of those frustrating obstacles. See,
0: there were but there were a lot of things. I mean, I'm not trying to be negative. I really liked this movie. Mm. Um, I was really glad I saw it. I didn't get to see it in 3D and I wish I had because everybody talks about yeah. how great the 3D is in this mm-hmm. one. Uh, and I saw it in 2D, but it was really, really stunningly beautiful. And not one shot of this movie was shot in zero gravity.
1: Wow. That's it, not even the stuff in this. Not station? one
0: shot of this movie was wow. shot in zero gravity. I don't know how they did that yeah, because they- it looks like it's shot in space. And that's the real sort of mm. achievement of so, this yeah, is I'm- that it absolutely puts you in this situation Mm. with this person in space.
1: Well, yeah. No, I saw it in 3D on uh, uh, not an IMAX screen but a Cinemax screen, so like a bigger-than-usual movie screen. And, yeah, it felt a bit like getting on Star Tours at Disneyland. So, yeah, I definitely – the 3D, to me, was really well used in terms of making you – I'm not good with heights and things anyway, so I was properly terrified up there floating about. In nothingness, barely tethered to one another or anything. Yeah. And so yeah, that was I. I have no quibble with the technical and um, acting genius that happens in this movie. I'm not. I, I'm not trying to say that it's a bad movie. I'm just saying I didn't enjoy it. So it, I kind of I want to separate the, those because like, it is absolutely amazingly done. Like I the the way it uses the 3D to immense effect. The way it uses the way it's shot it just magnificently in the sound that, that it sits under mm, it the and- i was going to talk about the sound design too because mm. it's like the, the the
0: score of the movie and the sound effects bleed into each other so that it's like a, this total immersive experience mm-hmm. uh the sound design was also exhausting but like oh, in yeah. a good way um because it was just like just crashing over you sometimes and then there would just be silence and it, w- it was really great um i really liked that The like i said there are a couple of things that frustrated me the things that frustrated me firstly was something that i think you're supposed to feel or maybe you should feel like when i was watching ryan uh sandra bullock's character and she's floating around in space and she keeps panting and she's like my oxygen is down to three percent and then she goes <sighs> again and i'm like, I'm like stop that stop, doesn't stop, help you <laughs> I think, and I understand why she was doing it. I think Kowalski like, says the
1: same thing to her. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. in
0: his very calm George Clooney way. Yeah, I mean it was very. I love George how, Clooney.
1: Yeah, it's really funny. He was just playing George Clooney in space. Yeah, he doing really his was. Usual but it
0: worked really well for this particular oh, yeah, no, thing I'm, because yeah, I very, mean he, hmm. his voice is very much like a calming influence hmm. uh, throughout the first part. But there was like when I was watching that, like I was digging my nails into my hands, just like stupid, it. Stop stop, you're going to die. And I knew she wasn't going to die Mm. because she's the hero, but I was just sort of sitting there going, oh, my God, you're going to die if you keep doing this. Yeah. Calm your breathing down. And the other thing that frustrated me, and this is one of those things that makes me, you know, a total film student heathen, is, God, philosophical movies drive me crazy. And there are a couple of bits in this, like the bit where she curls into the fetal position in zero gravity. Oh, I know, right? (laughs) And there's those tubes that look like, you know whatever it is thingamajiggy tubes in the womb the fallopian tube no 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 oh, no, oh, no the, the, the connecti, connecty what's it that they cut the all oh, the umbilical cord, cord. thank there you, you go. um yes so there's that bit where she has the tubes that look like the umbilical cord mm. coming out of her and yes. she's curled up into the fetal position. Not in position. any way subtle. No. And, and the bit at the end when she takes her shaky first steps on land. Mm. And those two bits, I was like, because I don't like to be hit over the head with the message of a movie. Yeah. I like to figure it out. I like to, like, I like to just experience it. Mm-hmm. And those two times felt like they just took me out of the movie. Like, they were trying to make me think about death and rebirth and new life and all of that sort of stuff, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Um, even her backstory didn't – like, it seems to have bothered some people. It didn't bother me at all. I thought that was great, no. where her she had a, a daughter who died. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And it also makes this a really good movie about a female hero.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because it was um, very much connected to that sort of motherhood kind of mm. idea, and that was great.
1: Yeah, I thought that was interesting because, um, I mean, basically she's a – in almost every other way, she's this everyman hero. Yeah, like um, the real sort of. But yeah, she has this one. It, it, it certainly makes you think about the character a bit differently to have think of her as being a mother who'd lost a child rather than her father.
0: Yeah, and she, mm-hmm. she had this very sort of grave, serious nature about her. Yes, and then she would like as she sort of started letting go of, of I don't know her. Her inhibitions, I guess, because she's like in mm. all these situations and she just has to deal with everything. Yeah, I think she lets go of that a little bit, and sort of as she gets closer to death, she also becomes more alive in some way. Right,
1: because which course, is the
0: kind of thinking I like to do, as opposed to the "look, she's a fetus" thinking. Yeah, it, um, and that's
1: why it's where it makes it a really nice um, character journey because she is this hugely anxious person probably because of the fact that this situation that was so far beyond her control happened and she lost her daughter. And so she's obviously this person who tries to maintain precision-like control of everything, and that's what we see at the start with her wanting to finish the job that she was sent out to do. And even with her um, tendency to, you know, make sure she's got the manual right in front of her whenever she's got to fly a shuttle. I know if she hasn't flown a shuttle before, but also it's the relying on the manual and the, the procedure and what we do next. and And, yeah, and as she loses that anxiety and learns to – it's – It's, um, oh God, she's like Spock in terms of learning to become a bit more, less, you know, um, logic and process driven and a bit more human
0: (laughs) metaphor in two weeks, um, or Spock comparison in two weeks.
1: Well, I don't know. Spock and Kirk is just such a useful (laughs) metaphor in life.
0: Yeah um i liked I, I did like that she felt like a real person like a whole mm. person and that i even when i was sitting there going stop breathing so hard i completely understood why she was breathing so hard mm. like i'm sure that i would be the same in the same situation
1: i was so yeah, vis- viscerally terrified F- this is why i keep thinking of theme park rides when i come, when this one comes up because i haven't seen a movie that so physically engages an audience. Like yes. this in, I don't know, and other than at an amusement park ride, like at the end of it, you've got to like unclench. <laughs> it's just like, oh, God. And part of that is also the
0: amazing camera work, which mm. is beautiful. I mean, the first shot is 10 minutes long. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you see Earth and then you see this speck coming up and then you find out what the speck is and it's the station and then you go down and you see the astronauts and the Indian astronaut gets killed off in two seconds. <laughs> mm, yeah. But, you know, and you never even see him. But um, Until but, you
1: see his head smashed in. And in well, his yeah, but you too. never
0: really see him. No, no, you is don't. Is what I mean. Like you see um, um, not him sort mm. of thing later on. But, yeah, it, it, it was really gorgeous, though, mm. that whole first scene. And, and there's a whole lot of it that's just beautiful, like looks amazing. Mm. But also the camera doesn't have anywhere that it has to be. No, in a sense, like in in uh, sort of traditional movies, you have like one shot, two shot sort of thing, mm. over the shoulder shot from one person's point of view, and then from the other po- person's point of view, and
1: because you're constrained by the earthly rules of
0: gravity. Exactly exactly yeah. but and then this movie the camera is just sort of cut off from that and so it floats all around some shots are upside down and some shots are you know from behind and it's it's going all around as sandra bullock is floating through space and as you know all of these and and you see other things floating around and there's a little marvin the martian and that makes me happy i love that too uh and they're sort of like there's suggestions of spiritualism without Knocking you over the head with spiritualism, mm, yep. which is kind of how I felt the metaphor of life and death should be as well. Because um, you see, like, there's a little Buddha figure and there's sort of religious sort of mm. iconography through it. Yeah. So there's that suggestion that maybe there's something else that could be helping her yeah. through this, and- or you can just say that it's her human spirit because yeah. it's also a movie about
1: the triumph of the human spirit. Right. And, well, and, and of course, all the little, all the religious iconography is all, is all about how um of all the places where you're most concerned about your mortality is when you are in fact away from the earth and hmm. that's when you have more of a perspective a more of a whatever spiritual training you have the chinese space station has buddhas the russian space station has um you know russian those russian icon thingies and you that's when that sort of visceral childhood lizard brain stuff comes back to you and you sort of you know it, it, even the most hardened scientist astronauts probably in space, have a little bit of cause to think about life and death and the bigger picture. Yeah, and uh,
0: there's also some fun little things like when they're floating over Earth, you look at Earth and you see all the different places, different cities and and, um, different lights, and you can see them sometimes cross over from where it's daytime to where it's night, Mm.
1: and that was neat. That was – the views of Earth were incredible. I've actually – I haven't read a lot of reviews of this, but a, I read a couple by astronauts. Buzz Aldrin wrote one, and also Commander Hadfield, who came back from the International Space Station. Was he this the year. awesome
0: one who did the the towel ringing? Um, uh, Commander experiment? Hadfield is the one
1: who he was has a really good social media presence while he was on the space station. Yeah, I think he did that this towel wringing
0: experiment in space where there was like a wet towel and he he wrung it out and the water just like stayed around the towel and then like grew over his hands because it was all still confined to that oh, okay. space. It was I, amazing. It was so I cool. You should that see that.
1: I will. But you know what I did watch, which was really cool, which is a um, – an astronaut currently serving on the ISS. I think she's American. Um, She's got really long hair and she did a a YouTube video about how she washes her hair in space. That looked awesome in zero gravity. And apparently... um,
0: Is she the one who does craft and made a little dinosaur? I don't know. That also happened recently. She made um, an astronaut who's in space, made a little dinosaur out of packets of, like the linings of packets of something and stuffed with T-shirt material. And it was the first stuffed toy made in space. And it's just cute
1: yeah all well, the iss astronauts are actually we 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 actually know quite a lot about them now and i think um i believe sandra bullock actually sort of became friends with an astronaut who worked up on the space station so mm-hmm. that's she which helped her out I'm, i have no doubt at the end of the day i the astronauts who've uh, reviewed it are bo- uh, were both kind of like wow it's amazing i mean they you know they would as with anyone where your professional life is being you know, examined, that they say things like, oh, you know, it's probably a bit excessive, you know, probably a bit implausible that this and this and this would all go wrong at the same time. And of course, we know that. And they Actually, also say things like that the earth doesn't quite look that beautiful because you know, cloud cover is usually a thing. But, it, but what they did say is that when it is clear, that is precisely what it looks like. It was interesting, though, because I don't think it's exactly an ad for the space program.
0: Actually, uh the the thing that happened where there was the series of events is a real oh, I was gonna look this up before scenario. I scenario. It's a real um uh possibility.
1: Yeah, well it what that chain is- of
0: events. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's something that no, it's something that they actually think might happen at some point. Mm. Um, because there's so much debris and so many uh satellites and stations up in space. Yeah. Um that that what's it called? Chain reaction, yeah, where something will hit something else, and then it will just because that will make uh, smaller debris, which will go out and hit something else, which will create more tiny mm. debris, which will go. That that's a real yeah. scenario that could happen, and I, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, I was reading about it earlier if you this look week. That up and
1: put in the show notes. We'll uh, yeah, we'll uh, put a link to that because it's, it's got a, fascinating. it's fascinating
0: person's name obviously who thought of it so i
1: i I don't think it's yeah well that's the thing isn't it it's so plausible all of it even all the little disasters that keep happening the only one where i just was like oh good grief although i use stronger language was right at the end when she lands in her little pod in the water (laughs) and it starts to fill with water and we think she might drown i'm just like for crying out loud that was also the bit that got me right
0: at the end she lands in the water right next to land Like, of Mm. all the places that you can land on Earth, you Mm. could land in Antarctica, you could land in the middle of a desert, you could most likely land in the middle of the ocean with no land around you. Right. And there she is, landing, like, within swimming distance of the land. Oh, yeah, there's that too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Whereas most in of the stuff this in this tropical space-
0: climate, where she's not going to freeze to death mm. while she goes wandering off looking for help. I was
1: wondering about that actually, because I was like, "Well, there's some mountains over there, but there's a long way away, and she's going to have to go quite some distance to get her." But be- because like everything leading up to that is really quite plausible.
0: Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So you're just sort of like, "Oh, yeah. Well, I can see how she gets herself into that situation." Whereas that bit, you're like, "Come on, really? There's land right there." Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> And then, the yeah, when the water starts to come in and you just – that's like a horror movie trope. You just know she's going to get out mm. and swim to the surface and it's, something terrifying is going to happen just as she lands and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just um, – Which I suppose lost a little bit of my goodwill. But I did – I mean, I really enjoyed this movie mm. most of the time. Uh, for most of it, there wasn't an issue for me. I was really just completely sucked up in it. Um, Sandra Bullock is amazing in it, further proving that she is better than – a most people think and b a lot of her movies show her to be mm. um she was very very good in this uh and i mean george clooney played george clooney but he did it so well
1: yeah he he did a great job and so did she and in in the kind of role you would just never have expected from her or at least i wouldn't have. i'm not but then that I'm surprised not a, really that familiar with her back catalog <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem that surprising
0: to me that she mm. would do something like this. Uh she I think she's a lot more versatile and more interesting than people give her credit for. Like no. I said, I have a feeling that she sort of got pigeonholed. And the thing is, she's also a really great physical comedian. Yes. And she got pigeonholed into these terrible romantic comedies and things like that because probably because of miscongeniality. But remember that the movie that she broke through in was Speed.
1: Yeah. which
0: was an action movie.
1: That's right. And she she...
0: did a good job in Speed and she did a good job earlier this year in uh, The Heat as well, which we liked.
1: And I can't imagine how hard it must have been to carry the whole thing was almost a relief in the second half where she has that um, dream sequence where George Clooney's character comes and talks <laughs> to her. Cause, and it, and that was exactly what it was meant to do. It was meant to give you like five yes. minutes of comic yeah. relief because, good God, you need it yeah. at that point. And, it, yeah, it's an incredible job she's done. She has this little bit where she's like,
0: today's forecast is cloudy with a chance of, you know, media shower or mm. de- space debris or whatever that I thought was <laughs> cute because it's like it's not really funny but it's sort of her, That's that loosening up thing that she's yeah. doing, you know, like she, you don't, you don't believe that the rhinestone from the beginning of the movie would make that joke. No. But I think she also sort of makes peace. Like there's a moment where she tells Matt to say hi to her daughter. Um There's a moment also where she lets go, where she thinks she's going to just give up. Yes. And then she decides to keep fighting. And I think that's part of it is that she has to let go of, you know, the sad things that have happened to her and, mm. and in order to live. And then you see her really start to loosen up and really sort of start to, in a funny way, enjoy herself or be happy mm. that she's go- she might get to Earth. Yeah. So she has this other bit where she's like, um, either I'm going to uh, get to Earth in one piece and have a great story to tell, or I'm going to burn up when I go a- a- as I you know, yeah, enter the atmosphere answer. and I'm just going and to die just and that's that's how it, it is. is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's, in the end, the only way you could be after going through what yeah. she has. And, but that's, the, mm. I,
0: I really liked that arc, that mm. story for her, which was about this very sort of serious, like you still feel for her, mm. but she was a very serious sort of character and right even from the beginning she was feeling queasy in that suit. I kept yeah. thinking that. The whole way through, I kept going back to like she was feeling sick at the at the beginning of this. She must feel really crappy.
1: Yeah, I kept I um I kept wondering like what if she's what if she throws up in the helmet? Mm. Ew, that would be so terrible. But oh, thankfully, she doesn't. Like that's like the only bad thing that doesn't happen.
0: Oh, <laughs> it gosh. sounds like you have emetophobia. Emetophobia. I'm not the... a big
1: fan of vomiting. Um, <laughs> yes, because we discussed this the other day when we were talking about uh,
0: the, exorcist. the exorcist
1: and how I don't like. Meaning of life because of the vomit scene. I think the film achieved on me exactly what it was supposed to do, but I don't. I didn't. Don't think I enjoyed the experience. So it's meant to make you sit there going, "Oh God, please don't throw up, you poor thing." That's the last thing you need while you're in space, and also feeling like sitting in your chair and digging your nails into your palms or your husband's hand in some cases. And you, what I did at the end of it, Jelly was like, "You're grabbing my hand really tight." I don't Scary. I wasn't having any fun.
0: See, I had a lot of fun watching it, but I like scary movies and I like to be scared. Um, I think occasionally it was really sort of tense and like on the edge of your seat, and it not in a great way, mm. but in a good way for the movie makers, just perhaps not some of the movie goers. Yeah, yeah. But that was mostly in those scenes where again the the heavy breathing stuff. That was the bit that stuff that got me, and like the sound as well, yeah, um, but in a lot of the scenes where there were tense things happening, I was like happy to go along for the ride. I like roller coasters, I like scary movies, and I like going along for the ride on these things, yeah,
1: I enjoyed the ride, and I certainly I suppose it was a catharsis in it, but it was kind of like, oh, just want this to be over, which is yeah. I guess how if that's how kind of how I feel about roller coasters really i I like to have been on them. <laughs> But the actual act of going on them is not so much fun the at the time. Really? I
0: love going on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that stuff, like I-, I think I might rate it higher than you. I certainly oh, you liked it a lot. Will. Yeah. Um I really, really liked it. I really sort of enjoyed it. And I do think it's one of the best films of the year. In a lot of ways, I think because it is so clear in what it sets out to do and it does it so well, uh, with such like such talent and integrity and Mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. I mean, Alfonso Cuaron is one of my favourite directors. Yes. Uh, He directed our favourite Harry Potter movie. Uh, He directed a couple of my favourite movies, Itamamba Tambien, which is a coming-of-age movie uh, and it's got Gal Gal Garcia Bernal in it and I love it. It's amazing and wonderful and and I love it and beautiful. Children of Men. And that was the last one I was going to say. Children of Men, I think, is technically in its its technical proficiency is closest to this, but nothing touches this in terms of technical mm. proficiency. This is like another leap forward in technical proficiency mm. in movie making.
1: Yeah, I almost feel bad, but I, I just didn't have an enjoyable experience. And to me, having an enjoyable experience is part of going to movies. But, yeah, technically you can't I – c- I haven't seen anything else that touches it. It was also well written. Uh, I, ha- mm. I had this sort of
0: – I had a lot of thoughts when I was watching it. Right. Which is maybe why I didn't enjoy it as much as Rush, because when I was watching Rush, I didn't think about anything else. Yep. Almost all of the time. In this one, I kept thinking about other things and comparing it to other movies, and I was sort of, you know, yep, not completely in it in that way. Uh, and I was thinking about, you know, it owes a lot to Alien. Right. There are a lot of things that I thought were kind of Alien-esque, even I can see uh, that and I haven't seen Alien. Yeah, yeah. It, there because I've seen Alien just recently as well. Mm. And there were quite a few things that made me think of Alien. We're, we're, there's no, you know, external villain in this uh, apart from possibly, you know, just space in well, general. the
1: Russians blowing up their satellite. Well, they, yeah, but they didn't
0: – anybody could do this Yeah, is, is something that um, I have learned since watching the movie is that anybody could have set that off. Right. The Russians are not the bad guys. What they did – is something that happens, okay. But this in this particular instance, it happened, and then that's what set everything off,
1: right? See, that puts a different spin on it to me because when you hear that all oh, the Russians blew up one of their satellites, you just think, "Oh, you idiots! Don't do that!" You surely you know how space works. So that's how that was my take on it. No, yeah. I don't
0: think they were supposed to be mm-hmm. the villains. I don't think there was a villain apart from like no. space. But it did. It I thought of that a bit. Um, there were a couple of other things that I was thinking of as well when I was watching it. Mm. And one of the things that I thought was Alfonso Cuarón could really teach Guillermo del Toro a thing or two about writing really great mm-hmm. science fiction movies yeah. with really good characters in them. Yeah, <laughs> because this was a technically proficient film. It was a really beautiful film. It had that sort of aspect to it, but it also had really great character a really great character to carry through it. Yeah, Sandra Bullock's character right. has an amazing storyline. Mm-hmm. And it is independent of men, and it is completely her own storyline. Right,
1: even though it doesn't technically pass the best deal no, slash Macomori. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This
0: one doesn't pass either of those tests, and yet it's a great feminist movie. Right. Um, or not even – like, it's a feminist movie in that, like, she is a woman in this role. This is definitely a woman's story – but also, it is an everyman story,
1: right. and, and it is a really a great, interesting story. This is one of those characters that was famously written to be played by a man, and then changed. I didn't know that. Yeah, so the, it's probably—I don't think they even changed the name. That's why she's called Ryan. And I don't know if it's because Sandra Bullock got involved, or if uh, sorry, whoops, Alfonso Cuarón decided that that it would work better that way with all the birth metaphors and the motherhood stuff. So yeah. And it's yeah. wonderful because this is this is the everyman this is the person we do identify and with she's just as scared as we all are sitting there. I think that's that great. It really does say
0: something about how women are written in movies because I mean Alien is famous for like not assigning genders to any of the characters before they were cast. In terms of like a lot of the really great female characters it's kind of sad that they were all written for men first and then changed to be female. Yeah. I think it really tells you a lot about the way that people are writing movies that so many of our fem- like female heroes mm-hmm. like Ripley and Ryan Stone in this and Dory uh,
1: my personal hero
0: clearly they write good characters for men and they don't write good characters for women oh, yeah. and the only good ta- like most of the good characters that women get to be is when they are reassigned gender
1: yeah hmm. yeah anyway we've gone down off on a uh, little bit of a tangent there but
0: i yeah i had a lot of tangents going through my head when i was watching the movie and i can't remember a lot of them because they were fleeting there was at least one other movie that i was like this is so much like this movie and i can't remember what it was i'm
1: sure there's like a million essays in there for not that any university still teaches film studies but if you know if, if you're interested in that kind of thing there are a million little things you can read into this and yeah. learn. Just that's just from the the sort of text alone. And that's before you get into all the technical stuff that you could uh, spend hours and hours thinking about. Yeah, I think it's a. Me- I can't
0: believe that they didn't shoot anything in zero gravity. I mean, yeah. I can barely believe that they didn't shoot it in space. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was really excited as well to find out that Alfonso Cuaron wrote this with his son, Jonas Cuaron.
1: Oh, I, I did see that there were two Cuaron's who wrote this. I didn't know the. I thought it might be that's a brother.
0: Great. I like Alfonso Cuaron a lot. Yes. I would like if there was another Alfonso Cuaron coming up because that would make me happy and yeah. then there would be more movies. He doesn't
1: <laughs> make movies very often, but when he does, it's worth it.
0: I know. He just, he's a really, really outstanding director. Mm-hmm. I mean, just makes the most gorgeous movies and they're often really touching mm-hmm. movies. Children of Men is one that people should check out if they haven't already because that's a great movie.
1: Mm. Again, hard going but worthwhile.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it is hard going, but it. I mean, it is such a – and that's a message movie where I didn't feel like it was hitting me over the head with it.
1: Mm-hmm. We could probably go on for another half an hour, but I, I think we actually need to wrap it up now. Okay. Um. So your rating?
0: My rating was four and a half stars out of five. Mm-hmm.
1: I will give it three and a half stars because I didn't have a lot of fun. I'm sorry. I feel, I feel bad now. I know. It made me feel bad. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to The Silver Screen Queens. If you want to know anything more about our episodes, you can check out our show notes out on our website, which is (laughs) silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Gravity or any other movie that she watches, you can go to her blog, which is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter, at screen underscore queens. You can come and chat to us on our Facebook page, or if you're um, of a slightly nerdier bent, come and hang out with us on our Tumblr page, which is – tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.